You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Hey, welcome to the inaugural Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Matt Tebby, here with Ben Sternkey. Hello. In my office here in the suburbs of Indianapolis, and we have Ben Hardman. St- yes, sir. Straight from the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. And we are uh, we're podcasting now. Yeah, we're doing it, guys. We're, we're really we're doing, doing it. it. We're, yeah, we're you know we uh, <laughs> we we looked uh, what what did the world most need, and we thought the world most needs another podcast. Another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, we'll, we'll say more about why we're podcasting, what we hope this podcast provides, and the, the need we hope it fills, uh, if only for our lives and ourselves, but hopefully for many people. Because we like talking. We do, and like t- hearing ourselves talking. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, we'll, we'll talk about what, why we're doing it. But first, we wanted to just uh, introduce ourselves and Gravity Leadership. We know that a lot of you have been a part of our online community on our website for many years. Some of you have gone through our training cohorts, or just read our articles, or maybe get our weekly emails. But part of gravity leadership isn't isn't necessarily this principle or this idea as much as it's the outworking of our stories. Mm-hmm. So we thought for this first podcast, we would just share our stories and why gravity leadership, why we find ourselves in this strange new world of gravity leadership and how we got here and why it's important to us. Yeah. Is that all right, guys? Yeah, let's do it. Great. Great. So uh, Hardman, let's start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, where you've been, <laughs> where you've been, and and why 
why you decided to co-found Gravity Leadership. Yeah, so I have uh, been in ministry for a long time. Uh, started off really young. I felt a call to ministry at a really young age. Went to Anderson University in Indiana. Uh, got a job at a church there. Worked there for a while. And uh, when I first started in ministry, I kind of had this false expectation or belief that my job was to get in front of as many people as I possibly could and share the gospel. And so all I needed to do was get the biggest crowd I could possibly find, get in front of them, and I could do my Billy Graham stuff and amazing (laughs) things were going to happen. And so I took a job at the biggest church I could possibly find. I was 26 years old. Uh, I was preaching in front of a, a bunch of people. I was leading a big staff Uh, whoever decided that I should lead a large staff of people when I was 26 years old should be crucified. Uh, It was a terrible, terrible decision. Uh, Somebody thought that's one of the, that's one of the filters we use. Are you 26? And do you want to be in front of a lot of people? You're hired. You're hired. (laughs) We're going to lead you lead a staff. Uh, and so, so I, uh, I, I, obviously all of that fell apart for me. Um, not just, uh, for the people that I was leading, but for me personally. Can you share uh, a bit about I, that, Ben? Like give us, yes. what do you, what do you mean by falling apart? Yeah. So the, everything, as far as the metrics of what we were doing, uh, as far as the church growth metrics, everything looked great. Our numbers were up and to the right. We were building million dollar buildings. We were, um, reaching a lot of people. Uh, but what was happening internally for me was I was working 70, 80 hours a week. Uh, I was not present for my kids. I uh, was not around for my wife. Um, I was uh, trying to take people to places that I'd never been myself. Mm-hmm. And so what I had learned to do actually really well, I believe, for a 26-year-old <laughs> was pragmatism and practical wisdom. I knew the church growth playbook really, really well. And I knew the buttons to press and I knew the levers to pull and I knew how to operate some of in, in, in that system. But what kept happening over and over again inside my heart was I didn't know how to lead people into discipleship, into mission. I didn't know how to make disciples myself. I was better in the pulpit than I was in the living room. Yeah. I was better on stage than I was at the coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, and I needed to relearn how to lead people and how to be led by the spirit in my own life. Uh, and so I actually walked away from my dream ministry job, uh, mm-hmm. and planted a bunch of house churches in the third poor zip code in the United States. Um, it was like jumping from the, from ditch to ditch though. It was still <laughs> a young and immature move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like raging against the machine of the church. Yeah. Uh, and I still needed to grow a bunch. And so I started um, really just looking at the life of Jesus, looking at the ministry of Jesus and not just um, what Jesus said, but what he did, what was his methodology. And I kind of spent a long season of my life just looking at the life of Jesus. Um, I met you guys uh, in, in that season yeah. uh, as we were working together and training some other coaches and training some leaders uh, and now I'm pastoring a church in Marietta, Georgia, uh, with the Grace family of churches. Um, I cannot tell you how much of a joy ministry is now mm. compared to how much of a burden it was before yeah. and how much of a paradigm shift I've had in my own understanding of who I am in Christ, uh, who I am as a pastor, and what my call in ministry actually is. So I, I feel like I'm starting to get the first fruits of, of, of kind of this full and abundant life as a pastor uh, that we're actually called to and starting to see a lot of grace in uh, in my ministry right now. That's great, Ben. 
Yeah. That's great. One of the things you mentioned that we hear a lot, and I think a lot of people can relate to, I know I can, is I, kn- I know how to produce results, uh, but I don't know how to develop people. Mm, yes. Um, yeah, I, I can lead as long as I'm the only one talking. <laughs> right? <laughs> but as soon as somebody else gets a chance to contribute or participate or... Uh, or even add to what I'm saying, like all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that's part of uh, your story that uh, touches touches my story, and I think a lot of people's, is learning how to not just be good behind a lectern, but to be good in a living room. Mm-hmm. And 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 not just somebody else's living room, but your own living room. Right. You know what I mean? Like with, with your, your own with your own family yeah. and your own kids. Like they they actually want to talk to you when they don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a sign of a uh, healthy ministry. At least one of them. We should make a checklist. Your kids want to talk to you. Your children want to talk to you. Emotionally healthy like spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great, Ben. Great. Well, we'll we'll learn more about Ben's story as we go on this podcast, and yeah. obviously the work he's doing in Marietta with the Grace Family of Churches. Not only is uh, the place that he gets to uh, work out locally what we do with Gravity translocally, but it's also the the place the, the place of accountability, the locus of his. Authority in the church is in his relationships and his commitments and yeah. the way he's connected there. So we'll hear more about that, I'm sure. Thanks, Hardman. Yeah. Hardman and Sternke, both named Ben, so we'll we'll use last names to delineate between them. Sternke, your story is a little different. It is. Uh, you you weren't at the largest church uh, in the nation. That I could find. No. Nope. That you could find yep. at 26. No, I was not. What were you doing at 26, Ben? Well, that's a, it's hard to think back that far. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that wasn't that long ago. I um, at 26, I was uh, leading worship at a um, kind of a vineyard esque church uh, in uh, in the Midwest, and um, I don't know if it was exactly when I was 26, but uh, I I, I th- this all started to kind of shift for me because I I started noticing some things about um, what we were doing. So th- being a vineyard esque church, uh, you know, worship. Uh, was a big deal for us. Uh, sung worship is what I mean by that, um, and and it was assumed. I feel like in our culture and and by me for sure that the more uh, involved you got in worshiping, the more involved you got with sort of participating in this thing that we said was so transformative, uh, the more you would be formed and shaped into the likeness of Christ. Um, but I started noticing. Uh, disturbingly to me, that it wasn't really working out that way, Um, that a lot of the people who were most eager to be involved in worship in the ways that we sort of, uh, uh, everybody there sort of uh, said, this is how you're involved in worship, right? So the the most exuberant, the most... um, the, the people with the most passion, passion, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, they were the ones that were the exemplars, right? But I noticed like those weren't necessarily the people who were growing in their love for others. Are you sure it wasn't just happening in the secret in the quiet place? <laughs> that that that's also uh, that's also uh, yes, right. Um, it's one of the one of the songs we sang a lot. That's one of the songs we sang a yes. lot. So, um, but anyway, so I, I just started thinking like how how are we actually formed into the likeness of Christ? Like if if the Christian life is more than just sort of virtue signaling and um, just kind of showing up and participating in some activities without any real change in my character, like how does this actually work? Yeah, I got I, really curious about it. Yes, pause for a second. I just want to make sure that yeah. everybody who's listening knows that we 
we believe the Christian life is not just virtue signaling. Mm. So as long as is everybody got, I just want to make sure everybody knows that we do not virtue signal. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Buddy. Okay, right, right. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I got really curious about it, and I, there was a lot of exploration uh, for me. Uh, I started reading Dallas Willard, um, the Divine Conspiracy. I, I can honestly say reading that book changed my life. It took yeah. me forever to read it because yeah. every page is this paradigm shift where you're like, hold on, I got to think for 30 minutes because this changes everything yep. about how I approach my life and my ministry, but my whole life. Um, you know, uh, So there, were, there was tons there for me. Um, started reading other authors and I, and I started realizing I, I really want to be participating in a vital Christianity, where I can actually see and participate in real transformation, real life change, actually becoming more like Jesus. Because it wasn't just the people out there who weren't becoming more like Jesus. I realized I really wasn't becoming more like Jesus in any in any way that I could sort of actually report to somebody. Right. I was learning, you know, I, I knew how to lead worship well. I, I knew how to do ministry well. I was learning a lot of those kinds of skills. But it, when it came to my character, and this is a lot of what Hardman said as well, like when it came to like uh, my parenting and uh, being a husband uh, to my wife, uh, I realized I was not actually growing in any uh, in any way that I could measure. I, I wasn't sure it was actually happening. So I, I realized I, I need a new way of doing ministry here. Yes. And so we we began to um, what, what that culminated with with was starting a church, planting a church where um, we were gonna. I wanted it to be centered in mission and, and discipleship, and and much like Hardman, uh, it was a little bit of an immature move, uh, because you know I figured we're finally going to get it right, and the kingdom's going to come, and Jesus is going to come back, uh, because because <laughs> we finally got this right. Um, but we did learn a ton uh, in that church plant about how this all actually works, because I figured all I needed to do was say, "Hey guys, great news! I've been doing some reading." And uh, it turns out that the church is meant to live on mission. So great news, you're released. You can go live on mission. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out very well. Yeah. most. Uh, the, the, so two things happened. One was uh, some people said, why would I want to live on, like, I don't know what you're, you know, what are you talking about? Yep. And why would I want to do that? Strange that man, scary. what are you saying? Yeah, that sounds scary. Uh, and then the other thing that happened was the, the people who were eager to do that, uh, I, I basically like after they started doing it, I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! Uh, <laughs> don't like do that. Don't, not, do don't that. do that. Don't do that. Not like that. Not like that." Whoa! <laughs> you know. So, so the people who were eager to move out were, you know, uh, were were not formed in the way that they needed to be formed to actually move out. Uh, and then other people just weren't that excited about moving out. So, that's kind of where the journey started for me. Um, you know, met. Uh, Met met the met you guys Matt and Hardman uh, along that journey and then um, began to as we learned some things began to train other pastors in it. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from both of your stories and also will show up in my story is the uh, incubator that failure in ministry is for birthing. Uh, if you push mm-hmm. through and finish the failure and the disappointment. Yeah. If you actually process and finish it, there's beauty on the other side of it. Yeah. That it becomes something that propels you forward into constructive, powerful, sort of, um, you know, helpful ministry rather than just apathy or yeah. despair. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because that, that was necessary. I, I realized that I had been, I'd been avoiding confronting that. 
I've just been sort of like trying harder to do ministry the yes, old way. Yes, keep doing the old right, thing. Right, just expecting maybe a little bit better. Yeah, and, better. You know, maybe there's a little, you know, a little tweak I can make. But when I finally started reckoning with, this isn't working, I, like I'm not actually doing the things that I got into ministry to be doing, uh, which is scary. But on the other side of that was when, you know, was when resurrection came. That was kind of a death, right? It was yeah. saying like, oh, I'm, this, I'm failing. But reckoning with that, brings about something yeah, on the other side. And Harbin, you had a reckoning in your story too. Both of you had to get real. One of the things we say at Gravity is God is so real, he most fully meets us where we really are. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that in both your stories is both of you had to reckon with the fact of like, I'm miserable. This isn't working. Yeah. What am I going to do about that? Right. Right? <laughs> Which is seems right. very simple and easy. But so many of us, when things aren't working, we have all kinds of strategies to avoid our failure or to, you know, f- fire up the worship circus again, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, or or get a different pulpit, a bigger platform. And these people are idiots. I'm, I'm going to move to Georgia and I'm going to get a bigger, bigger pulpit and that then then it'll work. Right. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the beauty of God's grace that he meets us in that space and continues to form us and shape us. And he, he he's... He's a good God to terrible pastors. Like that's that's <laughs> yes. good news. Yeah. That's good yes. news. Yeah. Uh, and and also to just recognize how insignificant we actually are. That God is actually so big that he he continues to use us and work in us. And sometimes we get this big inflated ego about all yeah. the yeah. things that are going on in our ministry and how great we are and how amazing things are. When God's looking at us saying like you're an idiot, like, yeah. I, I'm going to keep shaping you and forming you, but you're you're just not there yet, yeah. and we're going to mm-hmm. keep working on it. Uh, I, I keep looking forward to a day where I look at something I wrote 10 years ago and think it was good. <laughs> Amen. You know, it'll happen 10 years from now when you listen to this podcast. This will be it. Is this that, is the moment. This, this, this is, is the moment right this here. This is where is everything it. changed. Yeah, so there's this right. disabuse. There's this disabusing us of our own self-importance so that we can be trusted with important work that I think is highlighted in both of our uh, both mm, of your stories. And yeah. in my story, you know, I, yeah. I came to faith later in life than, than y'all did. Uh, in college through a, a community of people who were living as though Jesus were real. I'd grown up in a a fairly traditional church environment. I, I considered myself, I don't even know if I ever thought of myself as a Christian. I, was, uh, I just simply went to church mm-hmm. uh, until I didn't have to anymore, and then I stopped. But I met a bunch of Christians in college who lived as though Jesus was real, and, it, and I had the wherewithal or, or just the cognizance to go, that they live better lives than I do. Mm. I, I wish I had their life. Mm. And so that was like the compelling apologetic for me to begin to trust and follow Jesus. And that's uh, just because I tend to be more cerebral. I use words uh, that I don't even know what they mean. They just pop into my head and I use them. Like I, I've got this kind of cerebral intellectual sort of hunger. The, the sort of the penultimate uh, destination of the first, I don't know, let's say like five to seven years of my Christian life was going to seminary. And I thought mm-hmm. I thought seminary would be like this mountaintop experience, right? Like... Like if you took like uh, the the best of a Billy Graham crusade and a Michael W. Smith concert, you know what I mean? Like and you and then you you put a bunch of words in it, a bunch of big words, <laughs> a bunch of big words and big books. Yeah, I thought it would be that for me, and it actually was a, a complete desert, a mm. uh, complete dry time, and for lots of reasons. Maybe that maybe that's another maybe if that story is helpful. I can share it in another podcast. But what what I realized on the other side of that was that my, uh, kind of similar to you, Sternke, like my fundamental problem wasn't that I was stupid. Like, I, the reason why I sinned so much wasn't because I didn't know enough. Like, right. after, you get, after you master divinity, 
the most humblest degree in the world, by the way. <laughs> After you master divinity, like you you know more than ninety eight percent of the Christians who live. Right. But uh, but I was a complete j hole. Right. Like I you know, I was selfish. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was self absorbed. Yeah. And I I, I realized uh, maybe this isn't the way into the abundant life that Jesus talked about. Maybe maybe there has to be something that's more than just sort of like stuffing the cognitive machine with more data. Mm-hmm. And so that started that started me to sort of look around and uh, begin to ask myself, uh, who do I want to be when I grow up? And and this is me at uh, 28, by the way. Uh, who do I want to be when I grow up? And who is like that now? Yeah. And how do I spend time with those people? Hmm. And so for me, it was a journey of spending time with people who looked more like Jesus than I did, and just absorbing and and drawing from them what I could. Yeah. Like a holy leech. <laughs> <laughs> or just, sponge. Or, I mean, okay, a leech is a little, you know. Sponge is less violent. Yeah. Think, right? Or, or, so like, uh, <laughs> less gross too. You don't burn sponges. Oh, right? yeah. So uh, yeah, just spending time with them. And, and one of those people was Dallas Willard. I didn't spend tons of time with him, but when I was in his presence talking to him, yeah. sitting at a table with him, I, it was uh, profoundly, like, I've never really understood Peter's um, response to Jesus, like, go away from me, I'm a sinful man, you know, mm. it's like Luke chapter 5-ish. But uh, when I was, and you know, I don't worship Dallas Willard, but like, when I was in his presence, there was a simultaneous, like, reverence for, like, just the, the holiness that I felt, like, that I was with him, but also, like, this sense of, gosh, I'm just so not there. That's just not who I am. Yeah. It's so, there's such a distinction here. Yeah. So, anyway, that, that, that kind of propelled me into, what am I missing? Like, what what is this, the traditional way that we practice our faith in the Western evangelical context? Like, what are we missing? Why isn't it working, which is also a theme? Like, this isn't working. Let's stop pretending it does. Yeah. And let's, if Jesus is actually as, as real and as powerful as he says he is, let's press into what he has for us. Uh, and so, anyway, that's that's sort of this journey with mm-hmm. with you guys. We started Gravity Leadership, is it three years ago now? Uh, maybe four. Or we should four? have a birthday. We should <laughs> we figure, figure out what out our what birthday, birthday is. is. We should, guys. Celebrate. Should. Have your dog Jimmy jump out of a cake. Jimmy is such a jerk, guys. <laughs> we can, Nobody likes him I, except my kids and my wife. Well, yeah. that's that's kind of important. Yep. Those people are important. Yeah. Uh, well, it, I'm. We're considering what to do with it. <laughs> uh, send us an email at podcast at gravityleadership.com if you're looking for a. Little white dog. Little white Maltese schnauzer that barks while you're doing podcast recordings. <laughs> yeah, we could we could send them to you. Yeah, we could Air, ship it from mail. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's incredible. Priority. I don't know how anybody can say no to that incredible sales pitch. So anyway, we mm. uh, we we all gather, we all kind of gathered together four years ago or so, and began to create resources and basically just out of our story, out of what we've learned, the wisdom that yeah. we've kind of gleaned, uh, you know sharing sort of how to how to follow Jesus, how to how to make disciples and how how to live on mission. So the podcast is part of that. Yeah. And uh you know, when I when I uh when I log on to my when I open my iPhone and I look at my subscriptions to podcasts, I think right now I have 398 unlistened to podcasts. That's and it's when hopeless, I, man. And when You're I look at, listen to them all. I, no, I'm going I'm to do it, you guys. I'm going to get through them. <laughs> no, uh, when, I, when, when I look at that, I think, 
what the world needs is 399 unlistened That's to right. episodes. There we go. Another podcast. No, so there's a there's sort of, there is a podcast glut. Like there there's, there's a there may be even a saturation level, but we decided to use this vehicle, this medium, to um for our purposes to to do what Sternkey? Why are we doing this? Yeah, well, we uh, we say it in the intro, but like we want to curate some conversations around these themes uh, of what we're practicing locally and what we're learning uh, how to uh, how to train other leaders to do. Um, and the, the, the themes around those things are just lead, leadership in the way of Jesus. Jesus had tons to say about what it means to be a leader in his kingdom, and it contrasts fairly heavily with, uh, with how leadership is practiced uh, in our day and also uh, in, in Jesus' day. There's really nothing new under the sun, but Jesus' way of leadership is, is uh, very different from the way that most of us think about what it means to lead. So it's that, it's leading like Jesus, it's uh, living on mission, and so that that's another theme, is like missional living. What does it mean for us to embrace the missional call of being the church? Um, what does that actually look like? Uh, how, how is that more than just service projects and, you know, uh, evangelizing or, or that kind of thing? Like, what does it actually mean for me to live with this consciousness that I'm sent on mission uh, with Jesus? And then finally, uh, how to make disciples, which is the the people development theme uh, that we picked up earlier. How do we actually call others now into this life that we're learning ourselves to live? And so leading like Jesus, living on mission, making disciples, we want to share and curate conversations around those themes. Like, what are we learning about that? And how can we share what we're learning um, for, you know, for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah. So how does this not become just sort of abstract, conceptual, uh, the- theologizing about these things? Like, mm. uh, I, Hartman, do you have you have thoughts about the ways that we can use this to be practically equipping and investing in people who listen? Yeah, I, I mean, I think... I think all of our hearts are to come alongside of pastors and help them to avoid some of the pitfalls we just named in our own journeys. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the thing that's common in all three of our journeys, and I think if we went deeper into each other's stories, we'd see this even more, is we didn't really have anybody walking alongside of us. Uh, we didn't have anybody standing in the yeah. gap with us, and and we didn't know what to do. Yep. Uh, and so part of our heart at Gravity is is we do want to stand with you. We want to walk beside you, and and we want to come alongside you, not just in like pragmatism and practical wisdom and those types of things, but we want to remind you who you are in Christ, and remind you that ministry can be good, yes. and that God is working in your context, and good things are happening, uh, and that He's there. He's not. He's always present and at work. Yes. Yes. Mm, Excellent. So, so the community we want to create that's included in this podcast is uh, people who are on the same journey, and we have a lot of failures to share. We have some yeah. uh, some stories of victory and breakthrough to share, which we need. We need hope in the wilderness. We need hope in this frontier, this this post Christian frontier we find ourselves in in a twenty first century world. You know, increasingly, um, maybe we perceive hostility to Christianity, maybe from within and without. We feel like we don't have a place, a home, we, our tribe. We're losing our tribe, whether mm. it's uh, the denomination we grew up in no longer recognizes what we're doing as legitimate, or all the people I read 20 years ago don't speak to how I think and enact in my faith today. Like, this is a home and a tribe to, to journey mm-hmm. uh journey with to 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 help people construct 
not just deconstruct what are all the wrong ways we're doing things, but to construct yes. how do yes. we how do we do this together? So yeah. that's what we want this to be. Uh, drop us a line at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Let us know who you are, uh, if this is your first time hearing us, what what you'd like to, us to talk about. We'd love to uh, open that up. We have lots of ideas, um, but we're learning that our ideas aren't always the best ones. And so right. you might have the best idea. So let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah. And we, uh, we're going to podcast regularly, having Ben and Ben and myself and other guests as well, sharing from their life, how they are orienting their ministry, their family, their relationships, and the love of Jesus Christ. We look forward to doing that with you. Yep. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question, suggest a topic for future episodes. And join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful throughout the week. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.